The final frontier begins. This is about saving the future of humanity. This is a huge victory for the good guys. You've never seen Voyager. Commitment to this course of action is not emotional. Scotty, beam us up. Welcome to another episode of Beam Me Up, a Star Trek podcast. I am Brent Allen, and I have seen every episode of Star Trek 47 times. And I'm Matt Sonnenberg, and this is my first time through the series. And this is the show where we are on a mission to introduce people to the universe of Star Trek by watching the most important episodes that deal with the lore, the history, and the timeless message of Star Trek. And if there's anything I've learned from this episode, Brent, is you need to have all the information before you go around making judgments. So I would encourage all of you to head over to beamyuppod.com where you can find all of our information, whether it's contact information, information about the show, information about past episodes, whatever you want to find, go do your research. Then let me know what you think. Today's episode is the 24th episode of Deep Space Nine season two entitled The Collaborator, or as I like to call it, holy crap, when is the new Kai? In case you guys don't remember, I didn't watch this one first in this episode. Well, basically what I just said, right? When becomes the new Kai, when Beryl is accused of being a Cardassian collaborator and Kira is forced to investigate. Matt. Yes. We're going to get into the full recap of the episode here in just a few moments. But before we Mm -hmm. do that, we were just talking a little bit before we pressed record. Tell me some of your overall thoughts and reactions to this episode. The first episode we're watching after the close of Next Generation, The Collaborator. Well, the main thing I was talking about is collaborators do not mean the same thing to them as they do to me. I like working with collaborators. Mm -hmm. I would not want to be called a collaborator on that station though. So we'll have to deal with that for sure. But it's, I'm kind of waiting for you to tell me this is like a fan favorite episode or something because it's (laughs) definitely not one of my favorites. Fair enough. Um, Well, I don't think this is a fan favorite episode. Okay. I will, I will say, and I I believe this, every episode of Star Trek is somebody's favorite. Yes. There's somebody out there who's going to be like, I love the collaborator. That's an amazing episode. No, no, you you know, one of the litmus tests we use for this show is, does it deal with the lore or the history of just the story of Star Trek? Mm -hmm. Do things happen in it that you need to know moving forward and, and where we're going? And if it was simply, if it was something as simple as, hey, by the way, something you missed in a previous episode, when is the new Kai? I, I and then we say, can I, move on. If, if, if that was the whole story was when became Kai, cool. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, no, there's a little bit more background. There's a little bit more. There's a few other things that happen in here. That be like, okay, wait, but there was also the, okay, so there's, Bra- okay, uh, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, there was a few things in there, but there's also, I think, just the <gasps> moment of where when really becomes Kai. And, and just so much of it is coming back to who when is as a person and watching how this whole thing unfolds and yeah we're going to get into all that of why why this episode is in there but it is certainly one that you need to know and the biggest piece of information you need to know coming out of it the absolute biggest is she's kai win it's kai win now yeah it's weird matt a couple of my first thoughts i will tell you this when is my favorite absolute favorite in all of star trek my favorite bad guy bad girl villain bad person 
I love when I love to hate her antagonist. Yes. Yes. I love, love the character of Kaiwen. I love Louise Fletcher and how she plays her. The people who write for Kaiwen are amazing. And Matt, I have called her Kaiwen so often on this show. I'm a little surprised that you haven't said, Hey, does she actually become Kai at some point? Because you keep have calling you? her the Kai. I have. Do you, I don't think I've noticed that. If you, I've okay, and every time, and it's happened so many times, Matt. And every time, I've had this like. <gasps> Uh, do, do you remember when you were doing your show tales from Godric's hollow uh-huh. and you're in the middle? I think you were reading an email at the time or something yep. and you let slip like a major, like emotional plot point to your guy who was the first time reader who had no knowledge of what was getting ready yeah, to do, happen. Do you remember what it was? Uh, can we, I mean, the, the books are over 10 years old. Are we past the statute of limitations? Hey, we're, we're getting ready to spoil something from Harry Potter. If y'all haven't read it yet, skip ahead about 30 seconds. Uh, yeah, it was Dobby died, right? Yeah, that was exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry if you didn't press that button in time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, Dobby died. But wasn't there another one? There were a few instances that or like when it got close or something or I got really close or yeah, it was like a lot of times it was when Josh predicted something. Oh, that yeah, yeah, actually yeah. did happen. Right. And it's like. I can't say anymore right now. Right. Right. Good thing you, you can't see my face right now, right. but, but f- f- you know, for those of you who didn't listen to that podcast that Matt's reading, Matt's reading, he's just, he's reading along, he's relying. And, and it was so sad when Sirius and Dobby died. Oh yeah. Sirius dies too. in the story guys, when Sirius and Dobby died and <sighs> it was this long pause, just like that. For you Matt. could have left. You could have played the jeopardy theme song in that pause. It was, it was enormous. And I'm sure for, Matt, it felt five times longer than it actually was in real life. Every time I have said it, Matt, I have had that same feeling. I've got, I can't tell him yet, but I got to tell you, I have, you know, so this is season two, right? I'm not going to tell you how long Kai Wynn is around, but she is around long enough that I know her as Kai Wynn and to call her Vedic Wynn feels very weird in my mouth. Sure. It just doesn't work. And like Vedic morale always is fine. I never have a problem with that, but I think if if I even noticed you saying it, I probably either just like thought, oh, that's her first name that you're using or something along those lines uh-huh. where I didn't pick up on it. Like I'm still trying to work through who these people are and what their titles are and all these different sorts of things that, mm-hmm. yeah, I just didn't pick up on it at all. Gotcha. So I don't have any character actor spotlights or anything to do for this particular episode, Matt, because basically we've met everybody. We've already yep. met Barrio. We've already met when um, and then nobody else really matters. And we're still in the process of meeting our main cast here, which we'll get through. So I, I want to give you just a couple of things in regards to this episode that we're not going to get to in the recap. The first one is this in the production's mind all year long, they had intended for Barile to be the one to become the new Kai. Like in all the episodes leading up to this one, it was always going to be Barile. Sure. Sure. And when they got here, they changed their mind at the last minute. And the reason for that is, is Iris Steven bear showrunner. Basically he's like, they, they, they were talking about this idea of the collaborator. Cause I want to talk to you about what the original story was going to be. Actually, let's go ahead and do that. There is an original story for the collaborator. Okay. That story was is written by a guy named Gary Holland, and it was going to be about a Bajoran who was living on Cardassia, and he wanted to return home to Bajor. It's discovered that he has this sort of dark secret, which Kira gets set about the task of of 
trying to uncover. And in the middle of that, what they discover is that it appears that this is the man who murdered Kira's father. And he was the collaborator with the Cardassians. And he's the guy who actually murdered her father. But turns out it was in fact his daughter and he was actually covering up for his daughter. Okay. Okay. So that was the collaborator. That was the episode that they were planning for this one. Uh-huh. When uh-huh. all of a sudden Iris Stephen Bear just went, oh, crap, we don't want Beryl as the Kai. That, <laughs> this is his quote. What the hell good is that going to do us? He's a friend. He's not going to cause any trouble for the Federation. And explaining this later, Iris Stephen Bear would go, hey, listen, the trick to drama is to find the person who's going to cause the most conflict and then put them in the most powerful position. Uh-huh. And by using that test, it's like, well, it can't be Burrell. It's got to be it's got to be when. So they changed that at the last minute and I've wrote the episode. Do what now? I've never thought about that because I've never like sat yeah. down or written anything like any fiction like that. Yeah. But it, wow. That is powerful. And that, wow. Yeah. And think about it. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I, I'm starting to apply that to like Harry Potter. Yeah. I like, uh, yeah, that, yeah, that was done a few times. Yeah. It'll get it. It'll get it. There's a, there's a show I often reference on, on this show, Matt called Stargate SG one. It's the other yep. star show out there. I love Stargate <laughs> SG one. Well, Stargate SG one had a spinoff called Stargate Atlantis. Stargate Atlantis went for five seasons and I like all five seasons. Okay. I don't, don't hear me wrong when I say that the first four seasons were, were, were bad because they were not, but the absolute best season of Stargate Atlantis, Matt was the final season when a guy, a character by the name of Woolsey becomes the commander of the station. And the reason is because the, they had two previous commanders of the station. Those two characters were friends. Like they were the, the captain, they're the good guy. They're the, the, Uh the commander. Woolsey was not, he was an antagonist and he becomes the commander. And it, it, it made for the best shows of that entire series, in my opinion. And now you're starting to make me think of the office. Yeah. In the later seasons when they kept rotating who was in charge. Exactly. Yeah. And it, and it just, it creates good as they say drama. And in this particular episode or series, as opposed to something like next generation, right? Where next generation is fly to this planet, solve that problem, fly to this planet, solve that problem, fly to this planet. Every once in a while, we'll come back to this one where we've already been, but mostly it's, there's no one antagonist through the entire show. Uh Right. Whereas you have a situation like here, where we're on a space station, you're in a single location. So those people tend to be, I don't want to say recycled, but they're, they're there for the long haul. They don't always turn over like they do in a, a, week to week episode like uh next generation so anyway yeah that's kind of where this show finds itself is they had an idea they scrapped it changed some stuff around and made this thing at the very end and switched it up and frankly matt it was for the better because honestly i can't stand barile you know you can't stand kira yeah i can't stand barile i just i don't (laughs) like him at all i would I, that's, that's interesting. I, yeah. I like, I really don't have as much of a problem with Brile. He's so boring. I, I, I like, I don't so care. Boring. I don't care for Kira. And honestly, I'm not a fan of Win either. Mm, I mean, you're not, I, sp- but see, the thing is, is, you're not supposed to be a fan of Win. I, I, I understand. <sighs> just wait. But, anyway, you're going to love to hate her. Oh, she's just, she's sickly sweet. She's just, she's easy to hate. Oh, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. And she's, she, and she's played so well, so she well. Oh my gosh. Almost feels like an umbrage. Yes. Yes. I don't I, think she's quite there yet. I, I, she might get there because she's just been awarded more power. 
but we'll see. I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to somebody out there, please help me to remember to revisit that conversation with Matt as the seasons go on, because that'll be interesting to see if at any point you think she, she becomes the umbrage or maybe even goes worse or does she ever like, does she ever actually tip that scale? So I'll be interested to see your thoughts on that, but Matt, for now, why don't we go through the episode? What do you say? Let's do it. The collaborator prologue. Vedic Burial is having an orb experience. Inside, he sees a vision of Prylar Beck, who has apparently just hung himself. But in the weird, twisty orb sort of way, it was actually him, Vedic Burial. I'll just start off by saying the orb is a weird place. Yeah, man. You get it like three or four times in this episode and... Once I finally figured out where it was and I, mm-hmm. you know, knew what I was to expect and you could tell, but I, it's a weird place, man. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk about that a little bit later, but <laughs> um, yeah, he, he finds dead body. It gives him this kind of message and it's like, no, it's you. But I, I guess the only question I have about this opening sequence uh-huh. is what was Kira doing? Is that something, is that a sport we've seen before? She's like playing some kind of like handball or something. Except she had like a big like glove on her hand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what is the name of that? Is that Cataskot? That might be Cataskot. Do they have a name for that? I think okay. it's Cataskot. Yeah, I think that's the name of it. Um, it, it Future sport, future handball, okay. space handball. Let's call it that. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's not something I've seen before. And it's just weird. It's like. I obviously it was weird because it was the opening and I didn't know what was going on yet. Sure. I didn't know he was in the orb. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm, I've made a note of that. It's like, where is this? What's going on? Like, obviously I could tell something was wrong. Something was different, but mm-hmm. they left me to wonder until the very end when <laughs> they zoom out and it's like, Oh, one of the orbs got it. Uh, for the record that that was not caught as caught. That was spring ball. They call that spring ball. It is a Bajoran okay. game, sort Fair of enough. a racquetball, basically, except they can body check each other and still shoot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and and much like uh, people have taken Quidditch and turned it into a real sport, uh, people have taken this and came and turned it into a real sport here in the real world. I'm not surprised because that's a, that one is very easy you to can do that one. Yeah, bring over. Yeah. Matt, in case you haven't figured it out, the, the, the orb experiences and meeting with the prophets, either, either one, they always have this weird, like lighting to them. Like you can always tell what they are just because of the lighting. Like if you haven't figured that out, I'm just, I'll let you know when you see that you're like, we're in an orb experience. If if I've seen it before, I didn't connect the dots at the beginning of this episode. Uh The second time we saw it in this episode, I instantly knew where we were and what was going on. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, act one, Barile has just spent the night with Kira, but what's important is that in two days, the people of Bajor will finally elect that new Kai that we've been talking about for the whole season. And Barile seems to be a shoe in especially, especially since he was Opaka's choice as successor. Also lurking around DS9 is just as sickly sweet as ever is Vedic Wynn. And there's still some really bad blood between her and Kira over Wynn's last trip to the station, which resulted in an attempt on Barile's life. Meanwhile, a scene is developing elsewhere on the promenade. Kubus Oak, an elderly Bajoran, has been living in exile on Cardassia and has decided it's time to come home. But as he was a traitor, or a collaborator as we'll call them, Odo immediately arrests him. As he's being escorted away, there's a look between him and Vedic Wynn. So I think last time we saw Barail, I assumed or figured there might be something going on with him and Kira. Mm -hmm. I think this is the first time it's been confirmed for me, but not surprised. Say that one more time. What? 
Who are we talking about? Kieran Burrell. Kieran Burrell. Yes. Kieran Burrell are a thing. Yeah. Yes. They are a thing. Yeah. Yeah. They, they made that very apparent here. Yes. They are a thing. Sorry. I just, I wanted to make sure I heard you correctly and not talking about two other people. So go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll have to talk about that someday, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Kira does mention in the sequence, I may not always agree with your interpretations of the prophecies. Mm-hmm. And that got me thinking about this. It's like, wow, okay. So they're not necessarily getting clear messages from this orb either. Like mm-hmm. after that first orb sequence, I was left wondering like, what's going on? What are you trying to tell me? What am I supposed to take away from this? And the answer is nobody really knows. It's open to interpretation. But those are within their religion. That is what the prophets and the Vedics and the Kais are there to do, I guess, right? Is to provide the interpretations. I mean, that's kind of like it is here on Earth, right? And like it is in our time is or at least as people perceive, like you, you have these ancient texts mm-hmm. and you have prophecies and different people have different ways of reading it. And well, how do you interpret that? How do you interpret, how do you interpret I unfulfilled mean, prophecy? I, I hate to bring Harry Potter into this again. Sure. But it's but a great example. Yeah. There's a whole thing with the prophecy. Exactly. Like that, that is the crux of the story. Honestly, when it comes down to it is like none of that, the Harry Potter series would have even happened if it weren't for the prophecy and someone's interpretation of the prophecy. Mm-hmm. Like that's why the entire thing started. Mm-hmm. And somebody only listening to half the prophecy as opposed to the whole thing and blah, 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 blah. And then the prophecy wound up fulfilling itself, Mm -hmm. you know, and you kind of start going to the matrix, right? But then you kind of start going to the matrix, like what's really going to blow your mind is would you have even broke it if I hadn't said anything at all? Uh Uh-huh. You know what I mean? You like, you kind of get into that, that whole situation. Yeah. And I, there's, you remember, this is the first time that Star Trek is really tackling the idea of religion in the series. You know, they, they have encountered religion in, in various places, but this is the first time where we're actually exploring it. Exactly. Exactly. And And like they're actually calling it religion and mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. And, and it, you know, I, in my opinion, and I don't care what the writers say, in my opinion, it, it very clearly uh, it, it is based on and has a lot of it, not directly in every single way, but it it it, st- it sits in for an allegory for the, the role of the Catholic Church and what the Catholic Church has had its role in history over the last thousand years or 2000 years or however long it's been. Like, I think that's the one that specifically uh, the, the religion of Bajor is based on. Okay. I, I, from, from what I know of the Catholic Mm -hmm. religion, I, I can see how that would apply. Yes. Yeah. That's, there you go. <laughs> Very well said, Matt. I I should I should also give that caveat. I myself am not Catholic and I'm not fully versed in all of the catechisms of the Catholic Church. So, yes, as an outsider looking in, that's the one that it appears to me that, it, that it's looking. Fair enough. But OK, at the very end of this scene, though, you mentioned that when kind of gives uh, Kubis a look uh-huh. as he's being dragged away. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is how it was intended or not. Mm-hmm. If she she was supposed to be more thoughtful and inquisitive and hmm, maybe there's something I can do here. Mm-hmm. I thought she looked very displeased and angry. And what are you doing here? I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, every time I see this particular look between the two in my head as a, and, and granted, I've seen this episode so many times, right? Uh-huh. In my head, I always go, oh, that's right. Those two are like in cahoots with each other. And it's not to like later, you're like, wait, they, they weren't in cahoots with each other. That was just a look. <laughs> like 
And so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that because it definitely looks as if there's something that's already pre-planned between the two of them. And you don't realize till the next act that they actually just met and hashed mm-hmm. out a plan. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, like I, I would have appreciated if that look was a little bit more maybe maniacal. Mm. Like I'm thinking of something because we, we, we already know that mm-hmm. we don't like when we, we, we have her placed as a bad guy. Right. So that we don't need to try to cover that up or hide that from the viewer's perspective. Sure. So when we got the camera trained on her and she sees this guy going off to jail and you know, hearing about who he is, I'm like, Mm -hmm. I should see like maybe a little smirk almost. It's like, maybe you can help me. Well, let's find out exactly what's going on there. Act two, Beryl is having another orb experience. Seriously, man, it's about time to stage an intervention here. This time he has just been named Kai and Opaka herself comes to visit. From around the corner comes Prylar Beck, who offers Beryl a box as a gift. First, there's a snake inside, and then it turns out it's a noose. This obviously disturbs the real-life Beryl. So back on DS9, Kubasok is sitting in jail. He's requested to be allowed to return to Bajor to live out what little remains of his life. Kira immediately denies the request, saying if he ever sets foot on Bajor again, it would dishonor the memory of every person he sentenced to death during the occupation. Up in Cisco's office, Vedic Wynn has come to see him. She's playing politics, trying to get him to endorse her for the role of Kai, but Cisco is way too good for that. He picks up on it and turns the tables on Wynn. Later that night, Kubasoka is about to leave the station on Vedic Wynn's ship. There's a lot of talk between Kira and Odo, but bottom line, Prylar Beck was also a collaborator who signed a full confession before his suicide. Side. Because of him, Kyle Paka's own son was killed in a massacre, except Kuba Soak says that Beck was just a pawn. The real collaborator who was really responsible for the massacre is Vedic Burial. They really try to shake things up here. That's mm-hmm. for sure. But going back to the orb, I, I don't know if there is a full explanation for this or not, but mm-hmm. what was the point of the snake? Like they gave you the line, like it's venom will make you stronger. Mm-hmm. And so then he grabs it, but then it turns into a noose. Like you said, I, I, I didn't quite understand what the point was or if I was missing some imagery or something. I don't know. I cannot tell you what the writers were intending because I actually looked for that to see if they like could say, no, this is what we were trying to say, or this is what we were alluding to. So I can tell you what I interpreted as. I I would be happy to hear it is. So do you remember uh, the story of Cleopatra? Like the road, I think it was like the Romans or the barbarians or somebody was at the door about to take over. And so she had to be the barbarians. Um, Uh, So she took the dignified way out, the nobles way out and committed suicide. And by doing so, she stuck her hand in a basket uh, full of snakes and got bit and poisoned to death. Or at least that's the way the story goes Mm -hmm. about how she died. Vedic Burial is clearly experiencing some sort of guilt over this whole thing with with Prylar Beck. And to me, there's this when I see the snake, it's this uh, like you should commit and, and, and that carries through to the news, right? You should commit su- suicidal or a ritual suicide like you need to come clean. You're guilty. And okay. and the honorable way out is killing yourself or by death or you, this. If you don't confess this, it will kill you like it will kill you like a snake or like the noose. 
okay, which Tyler Beck is just that's the way I that interpret mind, it. Yeah, I, I I can see that, and and basically the 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 orb, the prophet's telling him that he needs to sacrifice himself. Yeah, and I and I, and I don't I, even know that, that it means he needs to sacrifice himself as much as if he doesn't confess or if he doesn't do something about this guilt, it will kill him. It will be like sacrificing himself. It will overpower him. Um, I don't I don't know that it's like telling him his penance is he has to uh, you know he ha- he has to die or something like that because here's the thing fast forward to the end knowing what we know why is Barile actually feeling guilt the all like Barile wasn't the guy who actually was the collaborator right like we find out that was actually Opaka the only thing Barile has done was keep it a secret that's that's been his only sin is that he kept it but, a secret right but I, 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 I when I say sacrifice I don't mean kill himself uh-huh. I mean he has to you know give something up and in sure. this case it's you know, the, the, the position of Kai. Sure. Like, I'll take that. You, I'll go with you, you on that. You need to sacrifice your promotion uh-huh. to keep the secret mm-hmm. because we can't let this secret out mm-hmm. for whatever or, reason. Or you keeping the secret is going to cost you being the Kai. Sure. It could be that as well. Like this will eat you. Sure, up when and, you want to take yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would, I would, I would go with that. So like I said, that's my own interpretation. Hey, those of you listening out there, if you know more than we do, or if you just want to tell us what your interpretation of it was, email us to beamyuppod at gmail.com. We'd love to read that on a future answering the hails. Then we had the, I don't want to call it a conflict, but I can't come up with a good word right now. The, the interaction between Vedic Wynn and, and Cisco there. It's a beautiful scene. It is. It's such a great, it's a well-written toe to toe, mono mono, just type of scene back and forth. And Two people in a room talking, Matt. Yep. Yep. And I, I, I love how Cisco stands his ground. I love how he's like, yeah, I can do that for you next week. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to endorse you. Just like, oh no, I'm no, no, I, I'm not asking for endorsement. Yes, you are. <laughs> You're just backpedaling right. now. Yeah, that's exactly what you were asking for. Don't. I mean, such such uh-huh. a politician and such. Oh, just just makes me hate her that much more. Mm-hmm. It's like we all know exactly what you're trying to do. Cisco knows. Everybody knows. Just come out and say it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and two things about this. One, let's take the moment to remember that Cisco is the emissary, and he is viewed as the emissary by the people out there. Let's not forget yes. that. That is that, still that, a thing. That I, I I was very surprised with. Like she consistently refers to him as the emissary. Yep. Never calls him by his name or his other rank. Nope. It's always emissary. He's emissary. emissary. Mm-hmm. emissary. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you really like your emissary. Got it. <laughs> That's who he is to her. And she doesn't like it one bit, but if the emissary, sure he likes it. No, he doesn't. Cause he's a Starfleet officer and Starfleet officers don't need to be some religious symbol out of some other, you know, world's, Mm-hmm. religion so uh, yeah you're right and you know yeah and 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 i will tell you this you haven't missed much as far as the emissary storyline goes they they sprinkle sure. it in here and there and you you really you've caught about as much as you need to catch of it to just remember that very first episode that cisco is the emissary of the prophets whatever the heck that means yeah yeah i don't really know what it means but yeah i i love that he's just trying to stay out of this as much as possible and it's like yeah the choosing thing is it's a strictly internal affair uh-huh like 
keep me out of it. Mm-hmm. We can talk afterwards, but I, 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 again, jumping ahead to the end, um, the way this sets up that sort of one final Kai win jab at the very end, because they, oh, they yeah. leave this with like a, she very, I mean, she very clearly wants him to come in and, and endorse her uh-huh. and play, play politic and, and hopefully seat her up as the Kai. And he's like, no, well, maybe we'll meet next week. And she's kind of backed into a corner of like, well, sure, we'll meet next week. But I don't really freaking want to meet exactly, next week. Because that's what I'm saying. She didn't want to admit that that's, uh-huh. uh, she was just asking for the endorsement. Right. So, yeah, she's going to agree to, oh, you know, sure, we right. can do that later. But then mm-hmm. that sets us up later when she does become the Kai. Like her last thing is, mm-hmm. oh, tell Captain Cisco I don't need him now. Or, yeah. oh, I'm not going to be able to keep that that uh, that lunch that we talked about or whatever. And it's just like, you like oh. the writers knew what they were doing oh sure it's like did. oh sure they did we want you to hate her oh yes they so, do oh yeah there you do. go yeah exactly exactly so at the end of this when kira kind of comes after vedic win mm-hmm. and she's trying to stall her she's trying to keep her from leaving the station and so she 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 pulls off this the best line i've ever heard from her Oh, I'm no expert, but I'm sure it could take days or even weeks to run this test. Mm -hmm. And like, yes, yes, yes. Take every jab you can. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think that this is the most I have ever liked Kira. (laughs) Found someone I hate more than Kira. There you go. I love it, Matt. I was in one of the Facebook groups this week uh, as I, as we're recording this, uh, or maybe it was on Twitter. I don't know. It was, it was somewhere. Somebody had posted some screenshots of the pilot episode of deep space nine, just saying, Oh, I, I love this show. Cisco and Kira are such fully formed characters and, you know, from the get go, they're amazing and, and all of this. And I really I couldn't know about that. I really couldn't. No, I couldn't help but think of you in that moment because I was like, and, and I tweeted back to him. I think it was on Twitter. I was like, dude, I love that you love the show and I love it too. It's, it's, it might be my favorite of all the treks. It might, if not, it's like top two for sure. I was like, but I'm going through this with, with somebody who for the first time and looking at this through first time eyes, I think you're watching this with full knowledge of what's to come and not blind to what's getting ready to happen. And as the characters develop that being said, Matt, you, you know how like you'll, you'll get through it. And you're like, yeah, I didn't really get it. I didn't really the rewatch. That's I think part of what makes star Trek so good is it's the rewatch. Like, because when you know what's going on and you go back and you see how it's been seeded all the way through, it's like, it's, it's very, very cool. And you just, you're watching characters that you have come to love in a time when they were maybe not their most lovable. Sure. So Anyway, yeah, I was totally thinking of you when when I saw that. And oh, Matt, you finally found some common ground with Kira. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. <laughs> it all starts with you just you got to find common ground. Okay, the enemy of my enemy. There you go. So yeah, yeah. Um, but then they they of course in the middle of the episode mm-hmm. try to blame this all on Brio. And I'm like, okay, I kind of doubt it's Brio because. I've seen enough TV dramas 
Uh And this is too early to actually pick the right guy. You either pick the right guy immediately in the beginning and then you go away from him and come back to him or Mm -hmm. you don't find out who it is until the very end. So just keep that in mind going forward. Like I didn't fully believe Brile did what they said he did, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have it all figured out. I didn't have the final piece of the puzzle. Fair enough. Well, and that's the, uh, I think the the best written stories are the one that gives you everything at the beginning, but they, you still haven't put it together yet. Yeah. The next one is they'll give you so much, but they'll withhold that last little bit till the very end. You know, you just come here. Oh, there's no way I could have seen that one coming, you know, but I knew it wasn't him or I suspect it. Anyway. Yeah. I'm with you on that. They mentioned Kyle Paca's son here before we, yes. I want to talk about this before we move on. So Camille Saviola, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. She's the actress that plays Opaka, right? And you've seen her now, what, like three times, right? Total. Something like that. Um, She said that she particularly loved when she read the script and realized that Opaka was a working mom. (laughs) And she's like, you know, she's like, I'm the space Pope, but I, and I didn't know that I had a kid, but like, I have a kid and I'm the Pope. Like I'm a working mother as a, as a, a religious leader. That's got to be a weird thing working on as a recurring character on a TV series, uh especially if they, they don't know that you're going to be a recurring character. And so Mm -hmm. they're writing your background as they go, or even, I mean, either they, they write it as they go or they know what it is and they just didn't tell you, but I have a feeling this is probably a little bit more they're writing as they go, but that's gotta be hard to figure out who your character is and how to play them. And, that sort of thing. Well, I mean, remember they introduced Opaka in the pilot episode and then they brought her back for an episode and they killed her and then left her on a planet way over yonder. Yeah. You know, so yeah, you're not really expecting your character to get a whole lot more developed, but they're finding ways to develop Opaka and kind of have that shadow, you know, her, her shadow, I think looms over everything, whether she is an actress is there or not. Uh, By the way, her, um, her son's name while never mentioned in this episode is Fazel or Fazel. I'm not sure that F it's like basil except with an F F A S I L. Okay. So there you go. It's mentioned in the books, but it's never mentioned actually here on the screen. So it is not Canon. They could change that later. Fair enough. But Star Trek, right. If they ever do revisit this for whatever reason, Star Trek writers are savvy enough that they'll, they typically will use a name from the book. I was going to say there'll be an uproar if they don't. Right. Right. Which I mean, if you remember Spock's mother, Amanda Grayson got her last name from a book. Mm-hmm. They, they, they finally canonized it after, after a couple of novels. So I, cause I remember questioning you know, like, wait, Amanda, what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Act three. Kira refuses to believe that Barile was a collaborator. Wynn goes all sickly sweet on her and she recruits Kira to find out the truth so that she can um, prove Barile's innocence. And with a warning to never speak to her with such disrespect again, Wynn is off. Questioning Kubus Oak, it's clear that he has nothing more than a little circumstantial evidence, simply that Burial visited Prylar Beck the day after the massacre, just before he hanged himself. But still, she's going to keep investigating. Burial reassures Kira that he had nothing to do with the massacre, but he can't tell her any more about the conversation. You know, confidentiality and all. Kira goes to see Odo to look into some old communication records. That's going to take a minute to process, which gives us just enough time for an awkward moment between Odo and Kira, 
When she confesses her love for Burial, and Odo gives her a look, but the computer beeps and turns out those records they says that they're looking for, and they are sealed, and only a Vedic has the authority to do something like that. <laughs> Which still gets me because, yeah, okay, Burial's a Vedic, but yeah. who else is the Vedic yeah. that we know of? Mm-hmm. There are plenty of Vedics out there. They, they even mentioned an, a, a third one earlier that... I didn't really play a part in this episode uh, was Vedic Tolina. Like I, I write down these names just in case they come up again, but it's like, I there's plenty of Vedics around, man. Just because it was sealed by a Vedic doesn't mean it was your guy. They just want you to think that anyway, like I said, I, I, I knew all the evidence was going to point towards him. I knew it was going to point that. Yeah. Brile's your guy too bad, mm-hmm. but wait for the twist. Wait for the twist. It's coming. And yes, I love the the classic monk Vedic confidentiality agreement. Like mm-hmm. that that's a new one. <laughs> I mean, obviously you can compare it to anything we want. We mm-hmm. we most often hear it in the medical field, like doctor patient confidentiality, sure. that type of thing. Lawyer client confidentiality. Yeah. Yep. Priest yeah. parishioner I, I, confidentiality. Like that's yeah. gonna be the, the closest comparison there. It's just they're using their made up word. I, I, as far as I know, Vedic is made up, right? Yes. Yes. Like that's not an actual position in some religion that I don't know. Uh, not to my knowledge. Okay. It's possible, but not to my knowledge. No. I, I If I were writing Star Trek, I'd make something up as well. Mm-hmm. So you don't, you know, you're not like specifically pointing someone out and saying, Hey, we're writing about you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I will always love seeing Odo doing his job. <laughs> Okay. Whatever it is. I, you're you're I, an Odo uh, fan. You're not a big fan I'm of Kira, but you like Odo. Yeah, I like Odo. Yeah, fair enough. I, I, I like Odo. I like his job. I like his, I like his personality, I think. And, <laughs> you know, the way he, he tends to be a little more abrupt with people and just uh-huh. straight to the point. I mean, like he, he does here right at the end, right? He, he's mm-hmm. like, you humanoids. Uh, he, he claims to basically know everything before humans catch on. Right. It's I appreciate that about him. But mm-hmm. hey, the 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 line here that I really caught on to though was Kira's like he says he's not guilty. I know he's not guilty. And then Odo chimes in, but you're afraid he's guilty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that uh, that's good writing there. Yeah. I like that. Yep. So they had a moment. They had a moment. People in a room room talking. Yeah. It was a moment. Talk to me about it, Matt. About what? I don't know. What did you see? What did you catch? What did you, what? Tell me, talk to me. What are your thoughts? Did you pick up on anything at all? Was there any suspicions about anything or are you like, Brent, what the freak are you talking about? Probably the closest to that one. The the only thing I kind of wondered about Mm -hmm. was the look that Odo gave Kira after she's like, like, um, I love you or or I love him. Yeah. She loves, she loves Burial and and Odo goes, uh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, um, okay. I thought you knew that or you should have known that. So let's, so, t- we got to talk about that, Matt. So, I mean, yeah, th- like, like th- there, there's a couple of ways that could go. Right. Okay. And, and, and the, the fact that he writes it off to, Oh, you didn't realize that everybody knew that kind of thing as opposed like it, instead it's, does he have feelings for her? Does he? I wouldn't think so, uh-huh. but I think that's also me speaking and saying, I don't like Kira right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I like, but Odo. he can't I like, like her. Odo. Don't, don't go off with a person I don't like. Uh-huh. So it, like, I haven't seen anything that's 
told me before that Odo likes Kira. Uh-huh. I haven't, if I have seen it, I haven't noticed it. Right. I haven't read into it that much. This scene here could imply that. Uh-huh. I'm hoping it doesn't, but who knows? I have never been good with putting romances together in TV shows and movies or books. I have almost always picked poorly. Okay. At least picked differently than the author did. Who 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 did you who did you think Harry was going to wind up with? Hermione. Oh, okay. Not Ron. No. Okay. Who was Ron going to wind up with? I didn't even think about it. It, it, it was going to be some like secondary character. Gotcha. Gotcha. It turns out Harry wound up with a secondary character. And I know I'm going to get slapped for calling Jenny a secondary character. <laughs> but let's face it, guys. Hey, Any, anyone who's not people, one of the three is a secondary character. People have their gold trio and their silver trio and they, they've ranked. That's them, fine. They know. That's fine. And I fully respect that. But anyone who's not one of the three is a secondary character. And that even includes yes. people, the likes of Dumbledore and Hagrid and, and all of those folks. Anyway, yeah, I, like I, yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't need to talk about that here. Yes. Anyway. Um, no, Matt, the, here's the thing. This is why I bring it up because this was a big moment for the audience who was watching this on TV for the very first time. And this became a big, big thing among the fandom of going, oh, does Odo have feelings for Kira? And like, if there was an internet back then, this would have been the thing that blazed across social media and yeah, in it, the, it been trending in on the, Twitter. Oh my gosh. It would have like, Odo loves Kira. Odo loves Kira. Did you see the look he gave her? Did you see the look he gave her? And it became such a thing. So much so I want to read a couple of quotes because it, it became like, like it was so big that, that, that memory alpha, which it, it, it lasted until there was an internet. <laughs> then it became part of the internet. Uh, so, so here, here's a couple of the things that it says about that particular moment. Uh, by the way, well here, um, let me just say this. Before getting into all that, when Odo responded the way he did to Kira loving Beryl, that was 100% completely, totally Rene Abujanois deciding how he was going to act that particular scene. That was not in the script. That was not a directorial decision. That was not an editorial decision. That was an actor deciding to do that little. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and, and so much so that the guy who wrote the episode, Gary Holland, when he saw this episode and he saw that he got the impression as did many other people that Odo was secretly in love with Kira. And he had never considered that before. It was not how he wrote the scene. Interesting. It was, it was not in that particular, uh, you know, it certainly wasn't in the script. He would then go back to begin to try to pitch more and more episodes about Kira and Odo falling more in love over the, over the course of time. Like it became like the thing he attached himself to, but so did so many fans because it, it was, it was going to uh, become a thing, but it was all be- And what makes this so interesting to me is because it's how Renee played it. That is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, I love that. Um, David Livingston, who is one of the the longtime Trek directors, um, not the director of this particular episode. I think he became a producer at some point. We should probably talk about David Livingston because he's a big name in the Star Trek world. But David David Livingston says um, he says, Renee always astounds me. There's this wonderful moment where Kira reveals to Odo that she's in love with Beryl and Odo flinches, showing us that it hurts. And in one look, he seems to tell us that he's in love with her. And then he just covers it up by saying, we all knew you were in love with him. And it's all in his looks and is this wonderful performance. And your, your attachment to Odo is so much greater just for that one little moment where you realize he's just like the rest of us, that he's human, or he may just be a goop in a bucket, but he's actually kind of human. Uh, 
And he said, Renee just nails it. And he said, data was an observer, but you never felt with data because data didn't feel. With Odo, you actually can feel, but he still has that outside observer as the yep. only being of his kind sort of thing. So it, it, it's 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 an amazing, uh, amazing moment. And I was tickled to death when I discovered it was an actor's choice at that point. And it led That's to this cool. big thing. I mean, uh, like I said, I, 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 <sighs> People write now, the fanfic now, all the time. I'm worried that it's going to be a thing going forward. And I don't want that. Don't, don't worry about it. I will, I will tell you, there's a lot of fanfic out there. There's a lot of people who ship Odo and Kira and don't, don't eat. No, got, I, I, I got off the other phrase. podcast to get away from phrase. that word. I hate that phrase. I know <laughs> you did. Didn't you? <laughs> I, I do not use that word. It's if such I'm, a, if it's I'm talking such... about ships, they're on the water. Oh, it's a horrible, it's a horrible word. It really is. All right. Act four, Kira, Kira and Odo go to see Quark. They want him to bypass the security seal on those records in a sort of Watergate manner. Quark is nervous due to the rule of acquisition 285. No good deed goes unpunished. A few moments, and after a few moments, well, a well-placed, after a few moments and a well-placed morality line, the one thing I've learned about humanoids is that in extreme situations, even the best of you are capable of doing terrible things. Hmm, we may revisit that one later. But for now, Quark has done it. He's broken through the security seal and all those messages have been erased. O'Brien confirms that he can't really do anything about the messages, but he can figure out who erased them. And what do you know? It wasn't just any Vedic. It was Vedic Burial. Dun, dun, dun. Can I say something before you go on? Go for it. Every single bit of quote unquote evidence that has been presented in this episode so far, from what Kubus Oak said in the jail cell to what Kira has discovered along the way, has been nothing, Matt. And I mean nothing but purely circumstantial evidence. And yep. the way that they hang so much weight on this quote unquote evidence really bugs me now i understand they've got a story they got to move through the story but it honestly it's the thing i think that bugs me the most about this particular episode is just how that is because it's there's nothing firm none of them are lawyers though like then why are they investigating (laughs) exactly exactly like i i I don't like that cure got dragged into investigating Mm -hmm. but it is what it is It, it makes for the story and like i said that's why i knew from the beginning when they blame Barile, i'm like yeah the evidence is going to point towards him they're going to make it seem like it points towards him mm-hmm. but yeah it's so what he he there as kira said there are a dozen reasons he could have gone to talk to Beck. There are just as many reasons that he could have deleted the files or sealed the files. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I actually I think that that was the thing. Like they they find found out that he sealed them, right? Mm-hmm. Not, not that he deleted them necessarily. No, he no both. He deleted the files and then he they, sealed. They, they, he they sealed it both, on top of both. that. Yeah, he did both. Okay. Yeah. Because once they broke open the seal, then they're like, well, it's all empty. Everything's been deleted. So not only did he delete the files, he he then deleted or he sealed the folder. He he was just sealing it to to hide that it had been deleted. Yeah. All right. But yeah, like it's a thing. It is what it is, but they're just moving the plot forward. That Mm -hmm. was this scene here. There there wasn't a whole lot to go on. Right. But I mean, other than, like I said, they're just trying to blame everything on Barile. And I already know it's not Barile. So 
Yeah. I mean, this, this was the act where they were supposed to take the circumstantial evidence and actually pinpoint it to Burial. Yes. So we get, so we get to that moment before we hit act five. You're, you're right. Yep. That's, that's all this particular thing uh, really serves. I mean, look, we got Odo and Quark and Odo and Quark together is always amazing. Forget Odo and Kira. Yep. I like Odo and Quark so much better. I do too. They're so great together. There is an episode, Matt, that is it is it is an Odo Quark centric episode where they get stuck together and they go off and, and do a thing. We aren't going to watch it, but I will give it to you for extra uh, viewing when we get there. OK, it's not one of my favorite episodes, but Odo and Quark make it great. Sure. So anyway, we got a new rule of acquisition, Matt, that we did. 285. No, no good. good deed goes unpunished. Do you know the show? Do you know it? No. Wicked from Wicked. Oh, I haven't actually seen that. Oh, you should. You should go see it. I I know. I know. I need to see it. I know but you I live right have... next to it. Well, no, they're touring. Go see it. It's always oh, so good. It's so good. So good. Act five. It's another orb experience again. And Burial is feeling all sorts of guilt and emotions at Beck's death. It even ends with the orb with orb Kira stabbing orb Kai Burial and with orb Opaka catching him as he falls. He's dead. <laughs> In the real world, Kira has come to see Burial. She's making some wild leaps in logic based on nothing more than purely circumstantial evidence. But still, here she is accusing Burial of giving up the location of the Bajorans that were massacred. Well, Burial takes it to heart and begins to confess. He says that the Cardassians were going to wipe out 1,200 innocent Bajorans. It's not exactly a confession, but okay. When Kira gets to the station, Vedic Wynn is already contacting her. Burial has just withdrawn himself from, from consideration as the new Kai. But now Kira finally comes to her senses. She knows her investigation isn't done yet, and she asks to go back into the Vedic Assembly archives. The next day, Kira is at the Assembly. The Assembly has just voted on the new Kai, and who would it be but the newly appointed Kai Wynn? Lastly, Vedic Burial leaves the chamber, and Kira has found evidence showing that Burial was innocent of being a collaborator. So why did he withdraw? He was covering up for someone else, someone who meant more to him than becoming a Kai. None other than Kai Opaka herself. And now they have Kai Wynn to lead them. But Kai Opaka sacrificed her own son to save over 1,200 people. Burial just felt he had to protect her. But don't worry, they'll be here to help Kai Wynn along the way, even if she doesn't realize that they're going to need their help yet. The end. So we've talked about how powerful stabbing someone is in Star Trek. Right. I knew we were in the orb again, but... I would not have been surprised if they came out of that orb experience uh -huh. and he was lying there on the ground with a stab wound. Ooh, yeah. Sort of like uh, what happens in your dream comes for true in reality or something like that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And like I said, it's, stabbing is the only way to kill someone for sure in Star Trek. So mm -hmm. like if they keep up with that theme there, like he, he's dead, he's gone. Right. Or maybe they're foreshadowing because this is a prophecy, right? Like you're going to die for sure now. Mm -hmm. Well, it didn't happen this episode at least, but mm. we'll see. I think in the end, they're just saying now, keep in mind the the orb that Burial has is the orb mm -hmm. of prophecy. Yes. We also know there's an orb of time and there's an orb of there's a couple different orbs out there. This is the orb of prophecy. So was this orb really telling Burial what's going to happen? In which case, hey, becoming or is it giving him a warning? What is prophecy? Is it foretelling the future or is it giving you the, the warning about what could possibly be a future? Or is that something best left to the Vedics to decide? <laughs> I generally tend to think of prophecy as 
telling the future. Okay. Now within different mediums uh, across different forms of entertainment. Yeah. We've seen different interpretations of what prophecy is much less different interpretations of, of the actual prophecies. So it's, yeah, I don't know what they intended when they say this is, you know, the orb of prophecy and mm-hmm. how we're supposed to treat these prophecies. But I've always assumed that, you know, it's telling the future from what we've seen in this episode alone. I feel it's more. Well, no, no, I, I, I do feel it is telling the future. It's just you have to interpret like they're never going to tell it to you straight. You have to interpret what what we're trying to tell you. Then Brial finally explains the basically why there is a twist why there is a final twist right and he doesn't explain to us yet who he's hiding but he explains the why and it's like okay he's they're protecting more people Mm -hmm. we're just gonna let you blow up this hideout instead of the entire city okay still don't know if that's the best best solution but i I, it's one of those i feel like i'm still fresh on picard there's got to be a third option Mm -hmm. you haven't thought of it yet but there, there had to have been a third option where you save everybody. Mm. But then we get back to Vedic win. Mm-hmm. And I cannot stand this woman. <laughs> Matt, I could almost have an entire podcast of you just telling me how much you can't stand Kai win or Vedic win. Yeah. Yeah. Th- th- this conversation in particular, just, I mean, okay. Great acting the way like, and mm-hmm. probably great writing too, but the way she uses the word child Oh yeah. Oh, it, it just grates every time she does it. I'm like, uh-huh. it's it's so condescending. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, d- stop it. Right. Stop it. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> she's the Kai now, unfortunately. Uh-huh. So like we discussed, like she's not going anywhere for a while. Right. She'll be around. She'll be in the story. And I guess Barile's still going to be around too, but I don't know. Man. It's, I was trying to figure out this whole time, like, okay, so he's, he's hiding someone like as, as soon as he explained the why I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. But a, a, as you said, in your little synopsis there, it's like, but that it wasn't really a confession. You, you just gave us the why. Mm-hmm. So come on, who are you hiding? Who are you hiding? And I honestly, I didn't even think it would go, go as high as the Kai. Mm-hmm. I, I I was racking my mind for the with the few people that I know from this series, and I'm like I I don't know who it could be, but I guess that makes the most sense. The one that I've I've, I've seen him with, I, I should be able to make that connection. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there you go. There's your twist, and therefore because Bryle's innocent, as Kira set out to prove, she's sticking with him. I, I like how Kira. Again, the circumstantial evidence and the way Kira began, like Kira forms her opinion and she's set on it until all of a sudden she's not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like she forms an opinion and then she go, ba- she basically goes and accuses Barile to his face. This is who you are. This is what you did. Why did you do it? Why did you do it? And then she stops and thinks about it and goes, wait a minute. If it was really that, then he wouldn't have done this. And if it, and it had to have been, wow. If you would have done that in the first place, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have had a story. Right. Actually, no, we, we might have still had a story, but it would have been a different story. Yeah. And Barile probably still would have wound up the Kai, which is what the writers were trying to get away from. I get it. But still, like, oh, it's so infuriating to me. It's so yep. infuriating to me. But listen, in the end, Kai Opaka, 
she sacrificed 40, including her own son, mm-hmm. to save 1,200. Needs of the many outweighed the needs of the few in this case. I am not a person who is willing. I I, I don't know. I always have a, tr- a a problem with sacrificing one to save a bunch of others. Like you were just kind of saying, no, no, option three, let's save them all. Yep. Let's figure that one out. Um, But Camille Saviola, the actress who plays Opaka, one of the things she talked about after this episode was she never understood why what she did had to be kept a secret. Why Burial felt the need to keep that a secret or why that was something that was going to be dishonored because she sacrificed her own son and 40 others so that she could save 1200. She made that call a very emotional call for her considering her own kid was a part of it, but still saying, no, I'm going to sacrifice my own to save all these others. Why is, why does that have to be kept a secret? Well, she doesn't understand it. What what I didn't understand. Uh It'd be one thing if Kyle Paco was still alive. Mm -hmm. Fine. Keep the secret. Let her keep her status as Kai. Let her, you know, be this hero to the people or whatever, or whatever her position means to them. Right. Mm -hmm. But now that she's dead, Mm -hmm. I'm totally on that train. Why does it need to be a secret? Why do you need to suffer keeping the secret of a dead person? And I mean, I don't mean to sound insensitive, but seriously, like, who are you hurting? Yeah. Her memory. The the only person you're hurting is yourself at this point. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. I, I, mm-hmm. I didn't quite understand why, why he felt he needed to keep that secret. I don't like Burial, Matt. I don't like Burial. I can't say this is the only reason, but this is one of the reasons. <laughs> yeah. So bottom line, at the end of the day, when is our new Kai? She's the new space Pope. And she, I, I'm always struck at the difference in how she dresses versus the way Opaka dressed. Mm-hmm. Opaka was in purples. She was in plain clothes. Win is not. Yeah. And honestly, neither was neither was Burial in his vision. Uh they they both were very yeah. done up, so to speak. So I will never understand uh Wynn's hat. Yeah. Her headpiece, her headdress, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Mm-hmm. The the Sydney Opera House. <laughs> well, she doesn't have that anymore. Now she has the little like uh yeah. Yeah. fry chef hat up there. Sure. All right, Matt. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of this episode. So I'll ask you officially, did you, did you like this episode? Well, we already talked about why it's part of the run earlier, but you know, where, where are you on this episode? Not really a fan of this episode. Huh? Okay. I mean, it, it is what it is. Like I, 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 yeah, I understand why it needs to be in here. Why I need all the information mm-hmm. in it, but it's I, a bleh episode. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's not it's, great. It's a, I mean, I liked Odo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, it was a cure episode, right? Yep. It was a cure centric episode. Cisco was in one scene. Yep. O'Brien was in one scene. Bashir and Jake weren't even there. Quark was in one scene. Yep. It was a cure episode. And we know how you feel about cure episodes. And honestly, it was a Kira and Burial episode. And you don't know now how I feel about Burial. So I love, I love when though, I love Kai Wynn. Um, But anyway, Matt, let's talk about our next episode. Let's do it. I told you several weeks ago that this ending part of Deep Space Nine season two was going to be really thick. Yeah. We have come to the end of it. We are now going to be watching the season finale, episode okay. 26. It is titled The Jim Hadar, J E M apostrophe H A D A R, Jim Hadar. And I will say no more, but it is the season finale. We'll see what you think about it when okay. we uh, when we come back. Like I said, Matt, we are now solely in Deep Space Nine territory. It's going to be several weeks before we pick up Voyager, although it's it's working. It's in the works out there. And don't forget the TNG cast is off making a movie right now. We'll pick up that sometime later as well. But so for just now, to clarify, yes. 
it's season finale and I'm just watching that. I'm not watching the beginning of the next season. That is correct. Okay. That is correct. But buckle up because the week after is another two parter. Okay. So it's sort of like, it's that it's, you remember like we had best of both worlds part one and two. And then there was that one episode family, which sort of made it like a trilogy. Uh It's kind of like this, like this is like the prequel to a two parter season kickoff for next season. Yeah. So it's, it's not quite the cliffhanger, but you know, they're going to dovetail in. So we'll take this one by itself and we'll, we'll tackle that one uh, the following week. So with that being said, there are no uh, extra viewings. There's one episode between the collaborator and the season finale called tribunal, which is what we lovingly refer to in the, the star Trek fandom as an O'Brien must suffer episode. (laughs) So if you're into O'Brien must suffer, you might want to go watch that one. It's called tribunal. Uh, It's not the best O'Brien must suffer episode. We will watch one of those for sure. And uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us. Well, what'd you guys think of this episode? Are you a fan of Kira episodes or Burial? Or what do you think about Kai Wynn? Well, let us know by emailing us, beameuppod at gmail.com or head over to beamyuppod for more ways to contact us. Matt, tell the folks where they can get in touch with you out there on the internets. You can find me on both uh, Instagram and Twitter at as a matter of Matt. And if you guys want to get in touch with me, you can find me at Brent Allen live across all the social medias. I'd love to connect with you there as well, too. Until next time, folks, live long and prosper.